0: the past 10 years scott lewis uh, has been running clue records uh, of a couple of other people clue records is a, an independent record label based in leeds they've signed artists such as team picture bought at my grandma's house um uh yowl oh <laughs> uh, i feel like i'm missing a couple there um I can definitely fill you in. I know I know
1: them very well, yeah. So I suppose Pit Pony, one of our, or our most recent signings, so a band from the northeast, uh, alternative indie, um, and the Wedding Prison also. Uh, people may not be aware of the Wedding Prison, so yeah, we work with Wedding Prison as well. So yeah, quite a lot of indie, alternative, all that sort of thing,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I was going to, to ask, um, how, how does it feel knowing that you've been running for Clue Records for 10 years now?
1: Um, terrifying, tiring. Um, there's got me another tea in there, aren't there? Yeah, I don't know. It's It's been a long, um, long old 10 years. It feels like it's gone in the flash of an eye, and it feels like it's gone in about a thousand years as well. So, yeah. it's exciting. I'm really proud that we've managed to last that long. And, um, there's been a lot of, yeah, just the, the music industry changed a lot. It, it, I, the economy, p- politically, everything has been a lot of changes over that time. So I think yeah. for us to just have that ability to stand out and, and keep on going is, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pleased with that. I'm proud of it.
0: Mm. Yeah, of course. And uh, if you could give some advice um, to yourselves from 10 years ago, what would it be?
1: Oh, that's... Wow, <laughs> okay. Um, you're going to be tired, so get your sleep in now. Um calm down a bit um uh, allow things to just happen and don't feel like you don't feel like you have to control everything or try to have an impact on everything allow things to just happen yeah um follow um follow the your instincts and the sort of what you are trying to achieve don't feel like you need to um flit around or try to uh, do different things to achieve something, just follow that core ideal that you've got. Um, yeah, I don't know, I'd say a lot, to, lot of things to him. Um,
0: but I think those those would be a couple of the, the key ones, yeah. Okay, cool. And of all the bands that you've worked with over the past 10 years, which would you say you're the most proud to say you've worked with?
1: Oh, that's horrible. You can't, that's like picking a kid, isn't it? It's like picking yeah. your favourite kid. Um, different at different phases, definitely. I think most recently pit pony uh, the debut album came out on the first of july um and uh, 2022 so yeah that was like an incredible it went really well it went beyond our expectations and and felt like a, sig- a good step up for us um mm-hmm. bought at my grandma's house it's just one of the most exciting artists um ever so actually signing and working with amber and becoming close with amber has been um, incredible and yeah, I just like, I think she's one of the most talented artists out there so I'm really excited for what we've got coming up with her. Um, the wedding present, uh, like the wedding present, uh, John Peel said uh, his favourite band or one of his favourite bands, so like generally like that as a as a thing, we've done a huge project with them over 2022, we had a, a seven inch year every month coming out from them. Um, so yeah i could give you an answer for every single artist we've worked with though do you know what i mean since like it's weird it changes like it's all, when you're in the moment with it and it's going well um there's always that sort of pride or um i'm just yeah i'm pretty proud that any of them would decide to throw their lot in with us trust us and then like be happy with it afterwards as well like do you know I many people are people are usually happy and want to continue working with us which which uh,
0: yeah again i'm really proud of that mm. Um, yeah, because I asked that question because I wanted to bring it to the, the wedding present because I had a feeling that you might bring them up. Um, so how did a label like Clue Records end up working with a band like the wedding presents? Uh,
1: I think through um, personality and sort of being um, approachable and real. So w- w- the way it came around was that um, Clue, we've been going for 10 years. We merged with a label called Hatch um, Records, who um, had been around for slightly. They would have been nine. So we, we merged together, um, twenty twenty, just at the start of twenty twenty. Um, so Hatch, um, Tony from Hatch, who is um, helps me with with runs uh, he looks after the when present side of stuff, um, had been working with them, um, releasing live sessions, sort of Mark Riley stuff. Um, uh, yeah, and, and been been releasing that. So he just built up a really strong relationship with him through just being no-nonsense, just being, like, honest with him and being a fan of the band. I think the band appreciated that and reciprocated that, and and it just sort of developed naturally over that. So, and, yeah, and then we've we've worked on this 24 Songs project, which has been um, incredible. So, yeah, I think it's just good people connecting, do you know what I mean, and, and building yeah. up trust there.
0: Yeah, I've always kind of got that kind of vibe from Clue Records because I've been kind of a fan of everything you've been putting out from the start and even everything from like that little handwritten notes you put in the records and stuff. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's, um, there's this kind of personal touch with Clue that I've always quite liked. Um, Is this kind of like a side effect of, you know, doing doing everything DIY, or is it something that you, you know, aimed for when you started the label?
1: Uh, we definitely end for it at the start of the label i always try to turn myself into like the customer or the person receiving that thing so whenever i buy, if i've recorded if i've ordered a record or bought something from a band or from a, a label and there's that personal touch a little note like you, you i don't know you see how much it means to some to an an outfit of, of a particular size i think so that was always really important to me we have just I like. I still believe that. I like. I believe that the people are uh, uh, buying our records or music or in, investing us in in us and the artists in some way um are the cornerstone of what we're doing. Do you know what I mean? So it's like I want. I like. I'm a big fan of community. I'm wanting to sort of build something. And I think that's really hard because it, everything's, particularly music. I think it's like it's quite broken and it's quite. Um, not broken, but it's like it's disparate. There's there's a lot of separate little subcultures and bits going on, and nothing quite fully connects. So we're just trying to make something that connects a little and and, and make people feel valued because we genuinely do value them.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, uh, yeah, cool. So, um, I mean, so how do you how do you cope with the pressures of running a record label, and how do you feel mental health? Uh, kind of difficulties differ in the music industry from people working behind the scenes or the people working actually performing in the bands. Um. Yeah,
1: it, I suppose the two very different parts of the question. So I suppose, like in terms of like the pressure of running a record label, um, being organised, understanding what I want to achieve from something, but also understanding clearly what the band wants to achieve from something, not. Um, promising anything that can't be delivered. Do you know what I mean? Always we're always working on honesty has always been a thing that like we've always been very honest with artists that we've worked with that we will graft and work as hard as possible, but we can't promise you this or this or this. Yeah. Um so I think that's been a big thing for me. But still the pressures do come with it because you want um when you're taking that artist's release into your hands, you want to it to go as well as possible. Obviously you, you you, for me, like I love the music that we put out, so I want it to be heard by everyone. But I feel a responsibility to do that on behalf of the band. Do you know what I mean, put the right people around it, whether that's a uh, somebody who's working in PR or uh, whatever it is, promoters, anything that they're working with, trying to get those people in, in are those the correct people in place for that. Um, so yeah, it's just trying to do that, you the best that you can and always having an open, honest dialogue with that artist as well and letting them know what's going on at all points, letting them have a say in it. Like, we always we always make sure that they understand that they have a say in it. We don't just call the shots and say, well, this is what the outcome was. Like, we want them involved in it and we will offer our experience. Do you know what I mean? But it's like they've got to be a big part of that. In terms of mental health, I think it's um, – I don't know if it's uh, a bit of a tipping point at the moment I think it's always been there I think it, th- one of the good things is that there's, there's more of a dialogue and a conversation yeah. around mental health so it's that's a real positive that it's been spoken about and people some people can feel it, they can be open and start discussing it um, the pressures on artists are ridiculous um, and growing it's not you can't just make music anymore um, you've got to be you oh, yeah you're a content creator essentially is yeah. what you what is what you get seen as or viewed as um, you've got to be a master of social media video editing of of uh, all of this other stuff on top uh, then your live stuff and then then playing uh, and writing and recording the music as well so it's unbelievable and then at the end of that the financial Stability doesn't come with all of the effort and and graft that you put in there. So then you work in other jobs. You're trying to make ends meet in that way. Um, and there's been reports recently talking about like working class people in the music industry. Just the, the percentages of those going down. I think a big part of that is because defining class is becoming much more difficult as well. So it's difficult. I think it's more difficult to to pick out who is. Uh, from what class background but also if you're working class I don't think you stand much of a chance in the music industry at the moment I think it's extremely difficult to see it as a viable career path and that personally to me is heartbreaking because I am working class and I've like through gritted teeth and determination managed to make something out of this but it's been far from easy Um, and I just don't know where the opportunities lie for those uh, those artists uh, a lot of the time
0: yeah, of course. I mean, you know, people kind of make it out like, you know, mental health is this big, complicated thing. But even if, like, the streaming services paid, like, a penny per stream, that would just make such a big difference, you know, rather than just paying, like, 0.00% of the stream, you know?
1: I think, it, yeah, that's it bringing validation to artists of, like, that they are just their worth, I think, like, an, an easy... Where to equate your worth in, in in society is income or that that like literally is so yeah maybe there's something in that but i think yeah there's so much i think it's so um fractured and you i don't know there's no i also think there are very few um or well, there aren't enough support support schemes for artists in terms of people developing them bringing them through giving them the opportunity and there are a million artists out there as well it's it's much more achievable and accessible to be able to create music, write music, record music, so that the amount of songs being released all the time are ever increasing. So you, you just, you're you getting, uh, the, the pond you're swimming in is getting bigger and you as a, as a little fish in there are getting smaller and smaller. So yeah, it's really, really hard.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um... But, I mean, I, I, can't, I guess on, like, the positive side, um, it seems like the kind of the Leeds music scene is doing pretty well at the moment. I mean, just from, like, seeing Yard Act blow up so big over, like, the past year. Um, yeah. been flying the flag for Leeds for 10 years now. Do you feel like Clue has had, like, a role in putting the city on the map?
1: Uh, oh, that's... Uh, I'm, de- I'm definitely not going to say yes to that. Um, okay. I'd like to think that we've had some sort of... Um, impact on it and know. yeah i think leeds is in a nice really nice moment at this current point in time like there's yard act have been absolutely incredible and they are a, a shining example of the graft and sort of tenacity of the near like james from the band has been in bands uh, like post War armor girls other stuff like that before and worked really really hard we booked them as part of clue shows at, um like Stockton and calling at festivals and stuff we booked post War girls and have like sort of just to see them getting the rewards now in, in this incredible band, is brilliant stuff like bands, like English teacher are going out there and doing amazing things and they've got a big future ahead of them as well. Bedroom sort of like half full, half Leeds. Um, so there's some amazing artists out there on the, I think another thing that's big in Leeds at the minute and in Yorkshire, are the, some of the support functions. So, like I was very conscious there when I was saying there's not enough stuff out there. I do need to highlight some of the stuff that is out there because I think there's some great stuff. Like there's obviously there's Help Musicians UK, and um, there's PRS and PPL and different um, places like that. But also there's two big ones in Leeds, which are Come play with me. And like unfortunately I'm I'm lucky enough to work with both uh, as part as part of the teams of both of these, but Come play with me are a record label, magazine, arts development organisation. So there's loads of little facets to come play with me. So they look to um, give platforms to underrepresented people and do an incredible job of it. And in Launchpad, similarly, also offer mentoring, um, live support, loads of different stuff to artists in the, in the city. And I think all of those encompass, and maybe close part of that, I don't know, maybe we're saying some sort of example. It's hard to, it's hard to tell when you're in the middle of it. I think th- this, those three things, Clue, Launchpad, and complain With Me, and, and maybe some other things, have shown that there is some form of industry that can happen in Leeds, and it just gives you that hope that you don't have to turn into the talent drain of London and just all uh, head down there the same. It's like, no, you can make things off your
0: own back in your own um, hometown. Yeah, of course. Um so, I mean, kind of going back to like the mental health thing, um, I mean, what, what do you think record labels can do to help the mental health of the artists on their roster? Does it kind of go back to what you were saying earlier about just being honest with them and kind of realistically managing their expectations? I think
1: so. I think that, that's the first thing that popped in my head when you, when you asked that. I think honesty. Um, and giving, the, giving some sort of structure. I think structure is really important. And, like, yeah. understanding what you're going to do long-term. And you're not just – it also depends, on the, obviously, and the people involved. But, like, that you are not there for – if if, you're, if this track or this thing doesn't go well, you're dropped. So, it, like, it, do you know what I mean? It's, it's mo- removing any of that and saying, no, like, I believe in you as an artist. Let's work together and let's um, – giving that wider support, I think, is really important. So I think there's something in that. Um Finding free resources, because labels, uh, although you might, people might think otherwise, labels don't have a lot of money either. Do you know what I mean, not, we don't have a lot of money. But I think you can find resources or ways to support artists um, just by pooling resources, whether that's um, pulling together mental health, um, like phone numbers um, for organisations, places that do have it, and just checking in with people. Like, uh, they're just letting them know that people are out there and, and ready to speak. Um, if they need it, and you being something of a soundboard, I think part of what Clue does is management as well as uh, record level. So I'm speaking, I become quite close to the artists. So I think that is a big part of it that I can sort of start to get. And I've done mental health first aid training, which I think has been um, obviously, obviously been massively beneficial to me also then I hope, I hope it trickles down into the artists that we're working with as well. So just giving people time and space, but support, structure, um, and just a, a chance to be open and honest and be themselves.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, wow, uh, give me a lot there, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it has been quite interesting seeing um, how, I feel like mental health has been kind of reframed in the music industry. Um, Because I was just thinking, you know, you know, that movie Rocket Man about kind of Elton John, you know, he had this kind of whole reputation for being a bit of a diva and, you know, being this outrageous person. But I feel like with the movie, uh, the book, I'm assuming too, I haven't read it yet, but um, he's kind of reframing that as being actually, this is me dealing with the issues that I had, like his upbringing, you know, his parents really support them. And that's what kind of led him to go off the rails in the first place. And I think it's kind of interesting seeing, um, you know, people, more people talk about mental health in the music industry, but it doesn't, it's not just a recent thing. I think it's important to talk about these things because then you realise that a lot of the behaviour you've seen from bands in the past, like in the 70s, 80s, going off the rails, is just the same thing. It's just artists dealing with these issues, you know?
1: Yeah, it's either they are given um, an opportunity to do what they want, and there's there is there's there no comeback on them, or very little comeback on them, and they can just do what they want. But a lot of the time, it, it, it is dealing with issues. I think one of the big, my favourite album of this of twenty twenty two is Kendrick Lamar's album, um, and I think that how honest and striking that is around therapy and challenging. Um, what you like your upbringing and things like sort of expectations or any of that I think for an artist of that size and in that style to be I mean he's always pushed boundaries in that way and been very sort of um introspective but obviously on on a very outward looking um scale but I think for him to do that that then becomes what young people are hearing and listening to and like I don't think I don't know, I've not thought about it too much, but I, don't, I, I can't think of many other artists. There are a lot more artists now, I think talking about mental health, not only outside of music and interviews and stuff, but also within their music, that I don't remember that being a thing when I was growing up. Um, so it, I think it's a very different discussion now. It's like, it validates it. If you can see that your heroes and your idols and the, and the people that you admire beyond, um, are talking about these things and looking at themselves then you start doing that because you're those are the people that you want to emulate you know you you find something in so i do i think um yeah it's it's difficult but i think in the next i don't know five ten fifteen twenty years as long as that like i think these conversations will start happening i think the way it's being put into art and challenges are being made around that is absolutely um incredible but i think it's, it's it's bigger as well obviously the societal things governmental things like I, I think there's a lot of um performative stuff around mental health as well um and a lot of other different subjects so i don't know how, to, how do you how do you get companies or governments to be accountable where, where does it where does it come to to show that actually things are being done and people are, are cared for and, and, and need to be looked after or given an option to, to get better
0: yeah, I mean, with, with Kendrick Lamar, I think it was really powerful what he was kind of saying on that album, because he was saying, he, he, for the first half of that album, he was painting a very unflattering kind of portrait of himself. Yeah. and Especially like that, um, was it We we Cry Together, that track, which is just like a five minute row with this, yeah, um, yeah. thank his partner. Um, so it's like, I think by allowing himself to just be this imperfect person, the second half of the album, where it kind of conclude concludes with that "I chose me, I'm sorry" kind of thing. It's like, yeah, I guess it. I guess part of the conversation is that we're not, we're not perfect, and nor should we pretend to be. And I think you know, sometimes I guess even someone like Kendrick Lamar has got to acknowledge that he's a flawed human being. You know,
1: yeah, massively, and I, like, I just think the way that he's gone about that and done it is incredible. I, yeah, I, I just think. I hope it will open up a lot more conversations and a lot more people tackling that in their art because I think it's really, yeah, it's vital. It, re- it really needs to be done.
0: Yeah, it's because, I mean, it's hip-hop, you know? I mean, we, we've always had, like, I think mental health, well, maybe over the last couple of years, we've had mental health in rock music has been kind of a growing thing, especially with, like, the emo and kind of pop-punk revivals, but for someone in, like, hip-hop to be kind of being honest about that and, you know... Not just being about, like, you know, the usual materialism and stuff. You know, it could be something that does, yeah, inspire more people to, yeah, come out and talk about these issues, you know?
1: Yeah, hopefully. Um, I, 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 yeah, I think it's, that to me is, like, pretty uh, leading in, in its uh, way that's it's done that. I think Little Sims, as well as another one on a British scale, it's like, just doing incredible things um, to talk about subjects that other people maybe don't want to hear, and, and about that sort of self-growth and self, um, like where, yeah, well, how did you get here? Do you know what I mean? That, that track, like all that stuff, where did it start? I think another person that's doing incredible stuff also is self-esteem, um, yeah. and these are all artists that are doing these things at the moment, uh, and I think they are they're getting huge success because they are incredible artists and are making uh incredible impactful art but also because they are talking about things that i don't think other others are as eloquently um so and, and i think it resonates with a lot of people um but yeah i think there's just a real truth and beauty and honesty to it which is uh yeah which is fascinating it's amazing
0: yeah definitely um so uh what, what are clues plans for 2023 then
1: We've got – I'm basically not going to sleep for a year because we've got, like, about five albums at least coming out. So, um, yeah, speaking of mental health, I need to be making sure that I'm checking in on myself and and looking after myself as well. But um, we've got, uh, yeah, a lot of albums. So can't really say – I hate that when people say they can't really say anything. But just because a lot lot of the things are sort of uncertain at the moment. But we should have – We'll have a new sign-in um, coming early next year. And then we've got um, another bunch of artists that we've worked with are getting to the point of debut album time. Um, so that isn't hard to work out. If you you, can. If you, if anybody knows our roster wants to go on, go on and yeah. find out about who we've released. So it's like the biggest, it's the biggest year we've had. Turning 10 was huge. We did like a huge compilation album with a track from every artist that we've released. Um, and we had a, a party at Leeds, made leads at Brunel Social Club. So that was incredible. Um, but next year feels like it's the more, we never really had a series of albums. The artists have never been in the position to, to do that um, separately. So it's a very exciting thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm going to get some downtime um in January and then we'll just kick off straight away, I think in, in February. And and yeah, stra- oh, just try to strap into our seats and, and hope for the best and, and hopefully we, we make out the, the other end of it, of it of next year
0: hmm. that's that's really good to hear because uh I was, I was a little bit bummed to hear about team Pitcher splitting up because uh, they they are really pro- they were really promising bands but it's nice to know that you know you're, you're carrying on and you've got more you know down the pipeline so um yeah really glad to hear that yeah
1: yeah, I think it was an, it was an unfortunate one with the same picture. I think they they are one of the, if not the unluckiest band in Leeds, like everything conspired against them at every point in their career to, they made the most incredible uh, music. If anybody's not heard them or listened to them, go and check them out. Um, the Menace of Mechanical Music is an absolutely stunning album, a beautiful piece of work um and it's got like interactive music videos with it they're just like everything is thought out in, in a lot of detail um they uh, yeah same picture no more i i don't think that will be the end of them i think that's that uh, they are creators you know when people have got that yeah. thing in them, they will want to continue um but yeah we've got a load of a load of great stuff um a lot of other stuff and yeah over the course of 10 years the amount ima- the arts we've worked with I'm proud of every single one of them. So I suppose if anybody is new to Clue and wants to sort of find out where to start, that um, give us a Clue um, compilation is is a is a great place to start because it's just a little taste of everything we've done.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I noticed that some of the uh, the Clue um, the Clue Club kind of releases ended up on that too. That was uh, yeah, that was quite an interesting <laughs> little experiment. But I, I was I was part of the Clue Club. Um, you know, and, and your, your little podcast and the magazines and stuff. But I liked all that. So it was good that you've kind of, you're, th- you're thinking outside of the box and coming up with, you know, new ways to kind of, you know, expand on putting out music that isn't just just releasing music, I suppose, you know?
1: Yeah, I think that was like, well, it was 2017, so we were five years into it and we just wanted to do something different. I think the initial sort of bubble of acts that we had at the start um, had done well like really well and we like got started getting on reputation and, and growing and stuff and then they all sort of some, some of them stopped at the same time or we like went off a little bit and were no longer performing and stuff so we were just like well, what we're we gonna do um we signed a band called avalanche party we were still doing incredible stuff and we released a single with them but we just decided to do a singles club of magazines a little zine things with uh, 12 different artists across the course of the year so it was an experiment for us it was one of those things where it's like there's loads of good music out here we listen and like um listen to and like more than just indie uh alternative music so there was bits of like electronic music on there hip-hop on there there was a bit of the grungy bits there was indie bits like it was a real there's loads of there was bits of shoegaze loads of different just a chance for us to do that and then also give the artists a chance to create a zine, create like this. I think it was sixteen-page zines every month, and it's like, what do you want to do? Like, I'm, I'm just giving them like a different way to, to have a voice. I think so. Yeah, it was an it was an exciting thing to do. Um, and yeah, we felt like, although not all of them were signed to Clue as like a traditional artist would be like for a longer period of time. Like it it was a really significant part in our. Um, ten years, so yeah, it was. I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you enjoyed it, James. And yeah, it was a really. I loved doing that. It was a lot of work. It was horrible like yeah. It was a horrible amount of work. Towards the end, I was just like, I was like, just, just finish, just like, just yeah. get there with it. Um, yeah. but it was brilliant. Uh, and it was a great. It taught me a lot about um, I suppose patience, uh, timing, and getting things lined up, and and, and yeah, not leave. We didn't, We never left things to the last minute, really. But working with Twelfth Nights across that every month of the year was like a lot of work. So you've got, you, you're got balancing a lot of different things. So I think that stood us in good stead, really.
0: Mm. So that's why it was good to kind of, yeah, include that with the, uh, the Give Us a Clue compilation just to kind of, yeah, cover that thing that you've done. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, what what bands do you think or hope might have a good chance of, you know, breaking through in 2023? Of ours
1: or anyone ever, um, I suppose on the clue front, um, born at Grandma's house going further. Like, I think uh, Amda's an incredible artist. Um, more from Pit Pony, they're getting in the studio at some point next year, so they to see them doing more will be incredible. Um, on other artists that I think are doing great stuff in, um, at the moment, uh, there's an artist called Bosch, um, who's just released a single on Come Play With Me, um, which I think is just absolutely a stunning track. So that's definitely worth checking out. Um, who else? There's an artist called, uh, Sarah Johnson, um, who's up in Stockton on Tears, which is my hometown, but uh, yeah, she's doing loads of really, really good stuff. Um, Lizzie Esau um, is great. Uh, who else? English teacher. I hope they get their debut album out this year and in, uh, in 2023 and do a, do an incredible job with that. It uh, what i me excited about. I don't know. There's loads, there's loads of stuff. I've got like a little list of people I'm keeping my eye on. Um, but th- yeah, those lot are all incredible, and I, and I think we'll do um, we'll have exciting years in 2023.
0: Yeah, I mean, English teacher I've heard on 6 Music a fair bit, so it seems that they're getting some good support. Um, I mean, I, I don't really know personally who uh, I'm expecting to see a uh, breakthrough uh, next year, but uh, we did do an episode on uh, the metal band Harriet, um, right. and they seem like they're really on the cusp of doing something quite interesting. Cool. It's, um, I don't know if you're really into metal, but it's kind of a mix of like black metal and hardcore punk and they just, it's just gnarly, loud. Yeah. There's something genuinely quite new and refreshing about it. So. No, that's knows, true. Yeah. yeah. That, that,
1: I, I always like been in a bit of metal. That was one of the things growing up in Stockton. There was only one club on a Friday night and we went to it because it was and it was a metal. Like we were proper indie kids at the time, but we were just forced into go somewhere where we could actually I don't know, exist and drink and get in underage. Um, and that, accidentally opened our ears to loads of ace metal music and then from there got into loads of ace metal music. So, yeah, Harriet's I'll check them out, yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, Deb, they're a um, singer and guitarist, um, really nice too. So for any listeners, check out a little podcast a few weeks back. Um, yeah, I mean, with heavy metal, like heavy metal is kind of, I think one of the reasons it tends to get a bit overlooked is that it is like an authentic working class culture, uh, coming back from like, you know, Black Sabbath and Saxon, the whole new wave of British heavy metal too was very working class. I mean, do you think maybe the one of the reasons it might have been overlooked over the years might be because of its working class roots?
1: Uh I don't know. I've never really thought about it in that way. Um I think it's also it polarizes people. People don't like that level of I don't know some people will see it as aggressive, or some people will see it as um, so it's outside of their comfort zone do you know what I mean so I think it's like it's it's, inten- it's intentionally that way that that way a lot of the time as well and do you know what I mean it's not, I don't think it's a lot of people don't want to be for the masses when they're making metal music like they want yeah. they want to find their community and their, their people so yeah I, I, I don't know I don't know that but again it's interesting like I think when you think back to um, other ba- like bands throughout time, like when they were, there used to be a th- big thing about being on the dole, and then like o- Oasis, when they were starting out watching Supersonic, the documentary on them, they would treat the band as a nine to five job and going and rehearse from nine to five, nine to five, and, and, and going in and doing entry. So when they came out and were ready, they were fully formed. I, I think now it's so hard to be that fully formed thing. And I think it's something that bands like, um, English Teacher and Born Up At my Grandma's House um, have like have not had that ability to be able to, I think and pandemic's a massive part of it as well, and lockdown and things like that, but that ability to to play and do a lot of live shows, like they've, just, they've wrote some amazing music and then they're, they're finding the feet off the back of that live, um, and I, that in no way is a criticism of them because they're both um, brilliant live bands, but I think they've not got that opportunity that others have to uh, or maybe previously you would have had to just get in a room and, and sort of have things look like have that opportunity to do it in the way others have.
0: I still, I still think that in a lot of ways, I mean, we we could talk about like TikTok and Spotify and all that all day, but I, I personally, I might be wrong, but I feel like the old ways of just rehearsing, getting in the studio and hitting the road can still work wonders for bands yeah, can. Um, seeing um how idols have kind of blown up over the past couple of years uh, has been quite inspiring to me um i went to a um like a q a with joe talbot uh right before lockdown and um what, a kid from a young upcoming band i wish i could remember what they were called but he, he asked joe talbot um you know what advice could you have do you have for me and he was saying just don't put out any music, unless you're, you know, sure it's good. Don't release stuff for the sake of it. Just wait until you're absolutely ready. Um, yeah. Do you feel like good advice?
1: It is. I think it's hard to take for an artist because
0: uh,
1: it can be hard to know when that time is. Oh, I think you, you do realize when it happens, but um, I think I agree with that. I think as well maybe go out and make mistakes with your first project and don't put too much weight on it. Go out and do something and have fun and write tunes and get, and just keep putting them out and then maybe start the thing that's actually going to be what you want it to be. And I, like, I don't think you can't really go out with that mindset because you're already like, you're destined, you're putting, you're destined to fill with that first one intentionally, which you never do. But, uh, yeah, I would say write loads. If that, if, if in, in the way to get the, to where Joe is saying that, I think if you write loads and loads and loads and loads and play plenty, then it will come, you will find your sound. And you, like those influences will be still be there if you want them to be, but they'll be less visible and you will find your own voice in that. I think that you see it with a lot of bands when they've been together for a while. It's like, ah, oh, in a minute, there's something clicked here and they've got their own thing. Um, but yeah it it can be really difficult because artists are impatient as well early on and you want to get your music out and you think the first thing you write or the first few things you write are the best things ever so it's difficult to have that objectivity do you know what I mean
0: yeah I mean it's like going back to Yard actually you're saying but they've all been in like different bands and stuff Um, I think James probably this is probably like his third or fourth bands um, yeah,
1: Ryan was in Menace Beach. You were incredible. So it's like they've all done brilliant stuff. So um, it's not like any of those bands before were weren't good either. But I think they've just they've hit some sort of moment um, where it's it, it, people are responding to it, and they found they found like a combination of what they have done before and and something new as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, like it's sort of. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of like the fall, except it makes sense, I suppose. Like it's quite surreal, but it's not rambling, <laughs> rambling and going on forever. I suppose.
1: Yeah, and but also I love that about the fall. Do you know what I mean? I love that 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 ridiculousness yeah. and that just like what, where, how do you write this? But yeah, and I think there's a lot of originality in it. I think there's a lot of humour in it, and I think I still think it's underrated. I think a lot of people. um I put off, I don't know, I'm waiting for some sort of backlash in Leeds, and I don't know whether it happened or not, but you expect it in, in, in a lot of places where like, everybody's like, oh, they're too big, and you know what I mean? Everybody gets at them, but I hope that doesn't happen because there's a lot of intelligence and a lot of humour uh, and craft, and and graft, one of the hardest working bands I've ever seen. Like, they, the effort they've put into going all over the world and playing, and yet it's, it's an incredible opportunity to the had. But talking about mental health and t- talking about those things, it's like that's not easy to go out and do that and survive and like and, and get through. It, or do you know what I mean? And do those things. So I think hats off to them. I think that they've been re- unbelievable this year. I think the second arm for them is going to be. I was talking about it with with of the other day. And I, like, I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm very very excited to hear where they take it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's um. Uh, I was trying trainer force <laughs> Um, I was going to say something else about Yard Act but um, kind of lost me there. Oh yeah um, so you're saying that yeah you're kind of half expecting a backlash Um, that seems to be like a thing that more kind of politically leading leading bands are kind of prone to. I don't know if it's something that's going to affect Yard Act because they're not like super political but um, would you say it, it is like kind of true the whole kind of adage that you know the more political a band is, the more likely there is to be some sort of backlash at some point.
1: No, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I mean it more in terms of the, the success. I think yeah, it can. It depends on. Um, I don't know. And this like I don't. I, I don't think this is particularly happening. So I might be out of line in saying it, but a lot of artists get a big backlash because of the success that they get. Like if you yeah. look at any any artist, they get the the then derided, and that can be by press, or that can be by people in their city, and and the next sort of lot coming up and, and saying oh, I'm not like I would not dare do that, or do you know what I mean? And like I think people do get that um, because jealousy becomes part of it because it's difficult because you want your thing to be um, essentially achieving what they're achieving, and it's not, so then you look for answers in that, and then you, some people can get frustrated with that. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but I, I, I think that's just. Hopefully, that doesn't happen, and if it does, I, I hopefully, hopefully they don't care and they don't listen to it, and they remember yeah. that there is. It, it doesn't matter what they've won, and it doesn't matter what they've how how they've been slagged off. It's like, what do they want to achieve, and what are they doing? So I think that's more important than anything.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's like behind every overnight set success is basically just ten years of hard work and graft, really. Uh, people see the you know the bands kind of break through and think oh they've probably got rich parents or whatever but it's not always the case sometimes it is just they've been doing it for so long and they've put the work in you know